Five years. Let me tell you something about her. I don't really know her that well, but I know she really loves Jesus. And I am captivated watching her worship Jesus. And she's not been on a show, but she just cannot contain herself. She's all over. I saw one of y'all watching her actually earlier during the body. It kind of made me laugh in the back. But I love it. And, and for her, it's not about her at all. She didn't even know I was going to say this poor thing. She didn't even know I was going to call her up her, but she loves Jesus and she just can't help it. And if you watch her, you see it. That's how I want to be. I want to be so captivated by Jesus that I just can't help myself. I used to do a praise and worship, my leg would jiggle. Because I really want to dance, but I can't dance. So my leg would just start doing this creepy thing. <laughs> but you know what? If that's what we do, then so be it. I want to be so madly in love with Jesus that I just can't contain myself. So thank you for loving Jesus. I'm going to ask her to read this scripture. Um, it's Philippians 3. She's going to read Philippians 3, verse 2, all the way to verse 11. Three? Did you say three? Okay. It says, look out for the lost, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh, for we are the circumcision, who worship by the Spirit of God, and glory in Christ Jesus, and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, I have of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal of the leader of the church, as to the righteous under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may... I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Alright, I'm going to read you guys that same passage in a message because it's easy to get lost in those words. Philippians 3, starting in verse 2. Steer clear of the barking dogs. You ever heard of barking dog? Those religious busybodies all bark and no bite. All they're interested in is appearances. Knife-happy circumcisers, I call them. The real believers are the ones the Spirit of God leads to work away at this ministry, filling the air with Christ's praise as we do it. We couldn't carry this off by our own efforts, and we know it. Even though we can list what many might think are impressive credentials. You know my pedigree. A legitimate birth, circumcised on the eighth day, an Israelite from the elite tribe of Benjamin. Not just tribe, he said elite tribe. Paul's feeling his oats. A strict and devout adherent to God's law, a fiery defender, not just defender, a fiery defender of the purity of my religion, even to the point of persecuting the church. A meticulous observer of everything set down in God's law book. 
the very credentials these people are waving around as something special, I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash, along with everything else I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. Yes, all these things I once thought were so important are gone from my life. Compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand, everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant dog dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by Him. I didn't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness. I gave up all of that inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally, experience His resurrection power, be a partner in His suffering, and go all the way with Him to death itself. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it. I'm calling this death to selfie. The first point is this, watch out. Watch out for the barking dogs. Watch out for the evil that infiltrates our world. Kids tell me all the time, but Terry, can I listen to the song? Let me listen to the song, come on. Let me YouTube it. They say there's no bad words. And it's a song about a one night stand. <laughs> you tripping. <laughs> you want me to play that song in my car radio. But you know what? Guilty. Guilty. We watch these movies and we say, oh, it's no big deal. It's not that bad. It's not like I'm watching blah, blah. Can't even give you a reference room. It says, watch out. The scripture says, watch out for the barking dogs. Evil is always camping at your door. The enemy is always looking to take you out. And it's never the big thing. It's never the big thing. Nobody ever wakes up and says, I'm going to kill someone today. But it becomes that because they have a problem with anger and they don't watch out. Evil is always camping at our door. The movies we watch, the music we listen to, we sit there and justify and say, oh, it's no big deal, there's no cuss words. No, it is a big deal. Because they're talking about sin and they're putting it to a beat and we think it's cool and we like it and we want to play it. It's going in, it's going in. Whatever goes in comes out. Watch out for the barking dogs. You know how annoying a barking dog is? Especially mine. It's barked a lot today out there. Watch out for the barking dogs. But sometimes you can hear something so much you become immune to it. Right? How many of you got a little brother or sister at home? All they do is whine and cry, right? So I don't have kids. And when I'm around kids that cry, I'm like, oh my gosh. What is wrong with that child? Help that child. And the mom's like... La la la, picture us, take a selfie. And I'm like, do you not hear your child screaming? You can hear something so much that you become deaf to it. And I think that's how it is with sin. I think that's, thank you for the example, Brent. That was perfect. Perfect. She's my object lesson. You can become so accustomed and used to something that you become immune to it. And that's how sin is in our lives. We make little compromises. We listen to the music because it is the thing to do. Everyone's doing it. We don't want to be the oddball left out. It's nothing worse than karaoke night and you don't know the words to a song and all your best friends do. 
We watch movies because, oh, everyone's going to watch that movie and it's just not a big deal. But it is a big deal. The Bible says, watch out. God says we are to be set apart, holy and blameless before a loving God. We are to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. But the problem is when we blend right in, we lose our light, don't we? The world becomes a little bit more dark. We lose our saltiness. James 1.22 says this, Don't just be readers of the word, but be doers of the word, because the man who reads the word and does not do the word is the man who looks in the mirror, and right after looking in the mirror, turns and walks away and completely forgets what he looks like. We look in the mirror to see how we look, right? James 1.22 says, Don't just read the word, do the word. And we say, oh, we don't understand, or... It's, com- it's not complicated. God said be set apart. God said you're the light of the world. God said be the salt of the earth. God said honor your parents. God said be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you watch. Be careful the words that come out of your mouth. But we make it complicated. Barking dogs. Sometimes the loudest barking dog is ourselves if we're honest. I mean, when was the last time we were honest with ourselves and said, you know... I don't quite measure up. Because it's one thing to raise your hands during a song, but it's a whole nother to walk that thing out and live it. Especially when you're the only one doing it. Watch out, barking dogs. The second thing Paul said was this. Count. He said count. Did you notice it? How many of you are counters? Okay. We count all the time, right? We count how many followers we get on Twitter. We count how many likes we get. We can't, how many retweets we get, all the social media things, right? Am I being honest or anyone with me? Am I just the only one? Okay. We count things all the time. How many best friends we have, our new shoes, what our life looks like. You know, in other countries, it doesn't really matter. They wear the same. In Haiti, they will wear, they will wear the same outfit for five days because that's what they have, and it's clean. It's not gross. Only in America do we go through like three outfits a day. It's crazy. But we're counting all the time. We're counting our best friends. We're counting our status. We're counting our ego. We're counting to see how many people are watching us and following us. And more often than not, not for the right reasons. Paul said this. Indeed, I count everything. Everything as loss. Because of the surpassing worth, the incredible value, the richness of knowing Christ Jesus. Have you ever lost a Bible before? Some of you maybe looked for it, but it kind of just becomes a lost Bible, doesn't it? Man, we lose our cell phone. Oh, snap, where's my cell phone? We've got everyone on high alert missing my cell phone. Someone call my phone. Paul says, I consider it all lost. Because of knowing Christ Jesus. He goes on to say, I count them as rubbish. Rubbish. Mario, you got that? I looked up the definition of rubbish. And it says this. Waste material. Refuse or litter. Criticize severely and reject as worthless. Very bad. Worthless or useless. So Paul said. Everything is rubbish. Everything is rubbish compared to knowing Jesus. 
I don't know if that's true of my life, if I'm being honest. Just don't know. When I read that definition, when I look at my life, when I look at how I spend my time, when I look at the things I do and the things I'm listening to and the things I'm watching and what I'm reading and who I'm hanging with and what matters to me, I don't know that I've gotten it right. Paul said it was rubbish to him compared to knowing Jesus. I want to know Jesus. I don't want to just stay where I'm at in my understanding of who God is. And Luke, it says that Jesus did Many, many, many more things. And if every single one of them were to be written down, the world would not contain enough room to hold the books that could be written. Did you follow? Jesus did many, many, many more good things. And if every single one of them were written down, the world would not contain enough room to hold the books that could be written. That's the God I want to know. I don't want to ever grow comfortable. I don't want to grow complacent. I don't want to say I've arrived and I'm at a good place. And yeah, I love Jesus because there's always more. There's always more. The word of God is living and active. And you can read the same story 20 times. And God will show you something different every time. That's the life I want. But if I'm being honest. I flipped it. Because truth be told, really, it's kind of the opposite for me. I treat Jesus like rubbish. Ah, I'll read my Bible tomorrow. Pretty tired today. Ah, I'll talk to God tomorrow. Got a lot going on. Don't feel like it. Oh, I'll worship tomorrow. Not really feeling the whole singing thing. Can't sing anyway. Rubbish. Paul said everything is rubbish compared to knowing Christ. I wonder what our lives would look like if that were true for us. People who lead worship probably wouldn't have to coach us or engage us as much because we would just be there. It wouldn't take us two songs to warm up. It wouldn't matter if the band could sing or not or if they are off key or if the drummer missed a beat. We would be there because it's not about them and it's not about us. It's all about Jesus. Everything else is rubbish. Our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook, our phones, our closets. Paul had everything. Paul had the ultimate bragging rights. And he listed them. He said, listen, you guys are throwing out credentials. I've got credentials. Here's who I am. Here's what I've done. Look at me. But he didn't stop there. He said, it's rubbish. Rubbish. Compared to knowing Christ. Because Paul understood this. It wasn't about him at all. Righteousness means right standing with God. You could serve God the rest of your life. You could spend every last minute of your life singing songs to God. And it would never be enough to pay for your salvation in Christ. It would never be enough. Because we're full of sin. We're wretched. And God knew it. God knew it. God didn't create humans because he needed them. He created us because he wanted us. And you're not just an accident. You're not just here by mistake. You're not just another human taking in oxygen and and taking up space on this planet. There's not another human on the planet who has your same thumbprint. 
There's not another human on the planet who could do your job. You have purpose and you have destiny. God created you because he wanted you. Because he loves you. But our sin separated us from God. I know you guys have heard this a thousand times, but I want you to hear it tonight like you've never heard it. Our sin separated us from God. And God didn't get mad. Well, I think he got a little mad, actually. But he wasn't disgusted. He could have wiped everyone off the face of the earth. He could have crumpled it all up like a piece of paper and thrown it away and said, I'm done. But he didn't. Because he saw you. He saw the potential in you. He saw what you could be. And you're his. You're his child. You're his friend. He loves you. And even though, if we're being honest, we treat Jesus like rubbish and we treat everything else in our lives like awesome, our phones can become gods. You know that, right? Our social media can become idols. And we've set these things up against the very God who paid the highest price. But even in the midst of that, he says, I love you. You are mine. He numbers the very hairs on your head. He has your name spelled correctly, written on his hand. He sees when you wake up. Those of you who keep waking up at night because you can't sleep, God's watching you. He sees when you wake up. He sees when you go to bed. What love of God. What love of God. And Paul understood that it was all about Jesus. Jesus is our great reward. Jesus is our salvation. Jesus is our rich inheritance Paul said everything in my life is rubbish compared to knowing Jesus I pulled a picture Ryan do you have that I'm almost done you can cut the mains if you want Mario rubbish rubbish Compared to knowing that. Rubbish. Will it really matter who follows us on social media? Does it really matter if we have a best friend? Does it really matter how much money we have or what's in our closet? Does it really matter if we have an iPad Air or we have the latest, greatest phone? Does it really matter if we have people to hang out with us or not? rubbish your good grades are rubbish they're important hear me I'm not saying quit studying your grades are important these things are all blessings from God but Paul understood something that I want us to get so bad I want to get it so bad it burns in me rubbish rubbish Our sin separated us from God. And God, instead of giving up and saying, oh, guess we're going to plan B, he sent his one and only son to die on a cross. The Bible says that they beat him up so bad, you couldn't recognize him. Rubbish. This is who I don't have time for. 
this is who I don't want to talk to because I think prayer is awkward and I don't really know how to pray. This is who I don't want to sing songs about because I'm tired and I've had a long day. Rubbish. This is Jesus. This is your salvation. This is your great hope. This is your victory. This is your championship. This is your inheritance. This is the breath in your lungs. This is the strength to your bones. Rubbish. Compared to knowing Jesus. I love the end of this passage. I think we miss it. We skip it a lot. He said that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. And may share his sufferings. Share his sufferings. What are you talking about? We don't want to suffer. God, we want the blessed life. We want the comfortable life. We want things to go our way. But guess what? They're not going to go your way. You're going to suffer. There's going to be unanswered prayers. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be people that you know who will just walk out of your life. And there's no answer for it, but it's rubbish compared to knowing that. Because it doesn't just end there. Oh, he suffered. They pulled the hair out of his beard. Rubbish. Rubbish. Are you getting it? Paul said, I want to share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Becoming like him in his death. Following Jesus is not a feel-good, fuzzy-wuzzy, camp-high experience. You guys are going to go home, and you're going to face some challenges, and there's going to be some heartache. It's not going to be easy. But following Jesus is a call to come and die. It's a surrender. It's saying, God, it's not about me. My life is rubbish. It's all about you, Jesus. You know how uncomfortable it is to lay on a cross? I tried it one time. It was a really dumb idea. I needed help getting up. It really hurt. I got like all kind of fat pockets getting poked in the back. It was really uncomfortable. But I wanted to feel what it was like. Splinters in his back, spikes in his hands and his feet. My life is rubbish compared to knowing that. Compared to knowing that, Paul said, I want to share in your suffering to the point of death. Death to self. Death to selfie. God, it's not about me. My life is not my own. I belong to you. I surrender. You're the very breath in my lungs. When you understand that God is the very breath in your lungs, everything else becomes rubbish. And he doesn't finish there. Becoming like him in his death that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Here's the good news. You ready for this? Didn't end there for Christ. Y'all know that? Three days later he came up out of the grave proving every hater wrong. Every human on the planet who said it couldn't be done. Every demon in hell that taunted him in his face. Jesus came back and said, Whoa! I don't know if he said it like that, but he was like, hey, it's me. 
I mean, it's crazy. He like teletransported through closed doors. Talk about pee your pants. He came back and he was alive and he was perfectly well and he said, it's me. And I told you I had the victory. And because you're mine, you have the victory. Becoming like Christ in his death, sharing in the sufferings, death to self, so that I may experience the resurrection. Here's a beautiful thing that happens when you give your life to Jesus. When you fully surrender and you die to yourself and you say, God, my life is not my own. I belong to you and you can do whatever you want with it. And it's going to be hard and it's going to be uncomfortable, but I'm going to stay the course, God. I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to love you when it's really hard. I'm going to keep talking to you when I feel like you're not listening to me. I'm going to worship you when I'd rather cuss you out. When you stay the course and you die to yourself, you become brand new. It's unbelievable. God comes in and he changes your life. You're a whole new person. Your past is gone. Your history is gone. Your life becomes something incredibly beautiful. But the question is for you and for me, what is the rubbish in my life? Not that for me. Not anymore, not tonight. I'm done. My life is rubbish compared to knowing Christ Jesus our Lord. Even through the suffering, through the cancer, through the divorce, through the abuse, through the death, and He resurrects you. He makes you brand new. I'm the last person who should ever be up here saying a thing. But by the grace and power of God, I am brand new. What hope, what love. And some of you are going to miss it. And that's why I feel this burning so deeply. There's this clock and it ticks. It's a very clock of our lives. And even the Bible says we don't know. We don't know what our lives will be like. And it's not a scare tactic. It's not... It's not to pressure you to say you need to make this decision. But I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's so worth it. There's a God who loves you. He paid the ultimate price to save you. And he's calling you out. Some of you, it's hard. It's really hard for you to trust. It's really hard for you to trust. But I'm telling you, you can trust God. And once you make the exchange and you die to yourself, it's a whole new thing. It's a whole new, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. When you will give up your life and give it to Jesus, he can take what was rubbish in your life and make it something beautiful. Only God can do that. And he's calling you tonight. Some of you have played this church game a long time. You come on mission trips, you serve. You go to Grace Fellowship. You go to church, you're there Wednesday nights, killing a free.
cream mac and cheese. I follow you. I see what you're doing. You wear the t-shirts. Even carry a Bible. But if you'll be honest and admit it, your life with the Lord is rubbish. Because you haven't fully surrendered. And Michael talked about it earlier. He's calling you to surrender. He needs you. He needs your life. Because you're going to go home and there are people who want to know if this God is really real. If this book is more than just a bunch of fairy tales. If this book is really power and true and strength. God is calling you because He loves you. Are you tired of having it backwards? Everything in my life is rubbish. My car, my dog, my accomplishments. They're not very many, trust me. My giftings, my abilities, my bank account's looking a little bleak. My new shirt, I really like the shirt. It's rubbish. It's rubbish compared to knowing Christ Jesus my Lord and to share in the suffering with Him even to the point of death so that I can be raised again to new life. What's rubbish in your life? If Jesus is not your treasure, if you don't know Him personally, you're missing out. You're missing out. And tonight's you and I to make that choice. Don't wait. Don't wait until Thursday. Don't wait until you get back and say, I'll take care of it later. Handle your business now. Because as bad as you feel about your stuff, God is like, oh man, I love you. Come here, child. I don't mind my dog's drool. I love my dog. This drool doesn't bother me in the least bit. Because he's my dog. How much more the love the Father has for you. I don't know what God is calling you to do tonight, but if He's calling you to make an exchange, to die to yourself, to get things right with Him, then we're going to sing one more song, I think, and I'm going to invite you. Actually, He's just going to play. Maybe someone will sing. I'm just going to invite you to come. And it's not about anyone seeing you, but it's about you making a physical action to make that exchange. You know, I spent nearly 10 years of my life higher than a kite and drunk every day. Drugs and alcohol were my hope. It was how I dealt with things. Take it from someone who's been around the block. Everything is rubbish compared to knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing. And if you need to make a decision, I'm just going to invite you to be bold and have courage, and you come forward, and we'll pray with you. God, I thank you. God, thank you for your great, great love for us. Oh, God, you love us so much. You love us far more than we can even comprehend. God, in spite of our junk, God, in spite of